Dahlia Kronofsky. I am a therapist and dating coach and your new best friend when your old best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore. That's from the old intro, but I still like it and it's still true. I love it. Hi, I'm Alex Jospin. I am the resident wellness expert. Yes. uh, And single field writer. And here, we'll be here sometimes. And And, producer. Yes, co-producer, really producer, producer, and um, favorite guest star. And just with her her wellness and her wellness newsletter. We have to do better about saying where people can find us. You have a newsletter called Hippie Shit. I do. You can find my sub stack as my full name, Alexandra Jospin. Oh, good. And it's also that on Instagram. And I am Not Your Therapist Podcast on Instagram. And if you have a question or want to be a guest or anything, you can email us at notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com. Did we do it? Yeah. Also, we did hippie it. shit, hippie shit, your newsletter is spelled H I P P I E. Is that how hippie is always spelled? Because I feel like it yeah. has a Y. I feel like people make mistakes, but H I P P Y, it means like, like you are hippie. Okay, when like I. You have it seems like it could kind of be both, but I think it mostly means you have large hips. Wow. And hippie, i.e. What dictionary like- says hippies. Hippies. Young people in the 60s and 70s who rejected conventional ways of living, dressing, and behaving. Yeah, but what's the singular? Much like Yes. It's still H-I-P-P-I-E. Oh, shocking. Okay. Also, I want to call us out on last episode – we did overlap a lot and we have to be better about not doing that because I'm sure it's very annoying for the listeners when they're like, wait, what did they say? Because we both talked at the same time. So I'm going to be better about it because it's mostly my problem. But I'm just saying that out loud for me. Also, just a heads up like this episode, we're going to touch on some things. It's still going to be a little all over the place. We're finding ourselves again after this very long hiatus coming back into the world like I'm sure so many people are after COVID and everything else. Um, so we'll continue to do that. But if you have suggestions, thoughts, you want to be a guest, you want us to focus on certain topics, I can have couples on now that I'm a couples therapist. I just want to put it out there that we're we're evolving and we're formulating our new experience on this show. So we are very open to feedback about it as long as you deliver it in a positivity sandwich. That is the only way I take criticism too. And I will also work on not overlapping with you. And we did get a couple questions from last time. So that's exciting. And we're. I didn't even know. This is fun. I'm going to let you. I try not to look because I'm like, I kind of want to be surprised and not think about it ahead of time. So I just let you do that. Okay. I love it. So a few things we're going to talk about today. We have a couple of health things to discuss. Oh, yes. Um, a little bit about TikTok dating, and then we have listener questions, and if we want a mark update. Oh, great. We love a mark update. So can I choose the order? Yeah, of course. We're going. Well, first of all, I want to say, for those of you that are like, wait, what does health have to do with this podcast? As we mentioned, Alex is a health and wealth and health and wellness, health and wellness expert um, in that she's obsessed with it herself and has done copious self-research and a lot of other research. But also, I want to say it really does affect your dating life and your relationships, how you feel about your body, how you feel about your health, how your health is affecting your mental health, how your health affects you in a couple, as a, in a relationship. So 
I think the two are pretty inextricably tied. I could not tell you the amount of people I've coached that have been like, well, I'll wait to date until I like feel better about myself or my body or my health. And I say like, we can do both at the same time. We should be working on ourselves, but also we don't get better at things in a vacuum. So you're never going to be perfect enough to date. You just got to do it. If we all had to be perfect to date, no one would be dating. Um, But that said, I'm hoping that you people can send in questions for you as well. I have questions for you because I still care about my health, even though I'm married, maybe even more so because I'm like, oh, there's someone else watching what I'm doing to my body, Um, including my child. Anyways, that was a long tangent to say that's what health and wellness is doing here. It's a lot. I love that. Thank you for that. Because I do feel like there was a long time where I didn't really date because I felt really crappy. Mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out health stuff. And it's yeah. hard. It's like, I agree with you. You don't, I've made the mistake of before feeling like I have to have everything else figured out before I could date. But also it's hard to date if you don't feel good. Absolutely true. And so I think it's probably a balance of like, if there's something that I can actively fix. I don't want to use that as a reason not to date. I want to do something about it while bearing in mind that I don't have to be perfect. So if I'm on the road to feeling better or doing these things, um, then I can do that while I'm dating. But also you're absolutely right. Like if you really have things affecting how you feel, you're not going to show up as your best self, as people love to say on the date. Although I think showing up as your best self is a choice you can always make. That has a lot more to do with like the energy and the attitude you're bringing than like you're at your ideal body shape and size and this and that. But as you're saying, if you're experiencing like major symptoms, you have to take care of that first. So it's all kind of intertwined and like probably a step here, a step there, and just listening to your body and yourself and what you can handle while challenging yourself a little to get out there, even if you're not tip top perfect because who is? Nobody. Nobody. It's all a journey. It's all a journey. It's all a journey. And I also think we talked about this a little last time, but I'm hoping maybe I feel like um, this term dry dating is coming up more and more, which is people who are not necessarily sober from alcohol in life, but are trying to date without drinking. Um, I never did that, but I fully support it. And I think when it comes to the health stuff, I think of that because I'm like, what if someone's like, well, I don't want to go on a date because I'm not drinking right now. Or I don't want to go on a date because I'm having some stomach stuff and I don't want to be like weird with all my dietary restrictions. And I get that. And we can talk more about that, especially the drinking stuff. Cause I think that people, so I'm like pinning this for another episode, maybe. No, but I actually – I'm interested in that now because I'm someone mm-hmm. who doesn't drink a ton and sometimes I'm not in the mood to drink on a date. But like I'm not sober, so I'm happy to meet at a bar. Like sometimes sure. a bar is the easiest place to meet. And I've noticed that occasionally if I don't get a drink and I haven't said it ahead of time, sometimes – actually, really only one time I felt like the guy got kind of weird. Like he didn't want to get a drink either and almost acted like he was like duped or something. <laughs> I feel like mostly if someone's kind of confident, they don't like, no one really cares. No one should really care. But it's one of those things, and I say this a lot, and I copied it from Dan Savage, so I can't take credit for it. But um, you tell a person one thing about you, you learn everything about them. So if you tell them, I'm not drinking right now, or I can't have gluten right now, or I'm working on some health stuff right now, and they have some big reaction and judgment, that's way more you learning about them than them you. 
that's you learning like, okay, you're not the right person for me. It doesn't make them a bad person, but they're just not right if they can't take that one piece of information about you and integrate it and not judge it and still work through it with you and be fine with it. The drinking thing, I think people have, uh, I was, this is on my mind too, because I was coaching someone yesterday who, um, she's not like official sober, like AA sober, but she just doesn't drink by choice. And she was saying it's kind of hard because it feels like the drinking puts you in this kind of more like loosey goosey place of like the conversation is easier. You can be a little more playful, a little more flirty, and it can be really real to sit there with someone sober and have these conversations. And so to that, I say, I totally get that hesitation and why that's hard. I think that's where I'm like, for a first date, if a bar isn't your thing, pick something that is something fun you want to do that you would want to do on your own anyway. So the lift is very small. So like this new ice cream place open, I want to go for a walk, et cetera. I might've said this before, probably a million times, but it bears repeating that pick something fun for you. Don't force yourself into a situation where you're going to be uncomfortable and not have fun, um, whatever you're into. And then get yourself into, like we talked about last time, that vacation mode where you can kind of have these like silly, as if you were drunk, as if you were high, as if you were five years old conversations. And you can kind of challenge yourself to go there and you don't have to be drunk. It just takes a moment of being like, okay, I'm not going to ask about their like five-year plan. (laughs) I'm going to like relax myself how would I be if I was in another country right now? How would I be if I was hanging out with my best friend right now? And just kind of going to that place, which takes a little practice, but that's why you got to go on more dates, especially if this is new for you, if you're like a newly non-drinking person. Um, and just challenge yourself, like, just because I'm not drinking does not mean I have to go to this serious job interview place. I can still channel that energy. I know what that's like. I tell people take like five mental tequila shots, which if you've never done you would just be taking your top off. So maybe don't do that. But like, (laughs) that's the idea. It's like, I could do anything right now. So ask like those silly questions that pop up or like when you have a silly thought about the person, say it out loud. And just the more you can kind of go towards that feeling and like get into that space. And we can talk more about this because I realize I'm being a little bit vague. But I think think I'm just saying like we non-drinking doesn't have to mean we're serious now. You can still have fun and relax and be silly, probably even more so, and just channel that feeling, whatever that means for you. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And I think that even though it can be uncomfortable to go on first dates not drinking, I think the silver lining is that you know a lot sooner if you like someone. Because I think that alcohol can kind of mask it and like create attraction that might not really be there. Absolutely. And can cover up all sorts of things that you might not like if you were sober when you saw them. Whereas in the moment, you'll be like, fuck it, I don't care. But like, (laughs) get into the fuck it, I don't care because I love that. But also don't be kind of like deadening all of your senses and instincts. I'm usually, I support like one or two drinks on a day. I don't support like five, six, seven, get wasted, have no idea what's going on and don't remember what the person looks like. That's probably not the best way to date. Um, But whatever it takes to get you into kind of your like silly, I'm with my best friend, I'm on vacation, I'm in a different country, I'm a different person than I usually am. Maybe it's it's wearing a gold thong and it just gets you going and you just think about it and you're like, I'm so silly. 
You know, whatever it takes. That's my, well, maybe not. Okay. Anyways, that was not supposed to be the topic, but I thought of it. Okay. I don't even remember why. Oh, the wellness thing. Okay. Anyways, let's do, I think we should do listener questions. Yeah. And then mark update and then TikTok dating. Great. We should do listener question, TikTok dating, listener. Let's see how the first listener question goes and then we'll decide what to do. Okay. One question is, what do you do if you really don't like your partner's brother or sister? And obviously that can relate to like any relative. Wow. I wish I had a bit more context for what it so is. I can, so a friend asked me about this. So I'll okay. kind yes. of like what I can say in a vague kind of way. Basically, she really loves her partner's parents, but the brother is very challenging. Um, politically, they're not aligned at all. And she, I think she's pretty good at kind of just like avoiding those topics, but also she doesn't like how he treats his wife mm. and kind of sees that. And her partner is very defensive. She mentions anything critical about his brother, but she finds it hard. They like will go on trips together and stuff. And he's kind of like awful. Like the androids I've heard are like pretty terrible. Like he seems to be kind of monitoring what his wife is eating. Um, he drinks heavily and then gets in fights with people. The things he says about women and abortion are like pretty bad. My face is. I know. Right now. Um, that's tough. That is really, really tough. And do they live in the same place? Like how often do they have to see each other? They do not, but his family is very close. So I feel like she probably sees him once a month. Whoa. That's a lot. And like I more do, than I see close friends. I know, well, you live in LA. <laughs> but we don't see each other. I've it also seems like, and maybe it's not always once a month, it also seems like they'll use like a family's vacation home. So it seems like when they see each other, they're all staying in the same house, which I think intensifies things. And how long has she been with her partner? Um they live together, maybe a couple years. And is there like marriage in the future? Like is everything else about the relationship? Yes. This is a hard one. This is a really hard one. And I actually was dealing with this a bit yesterday with a different client of like, there's a rift between the girlfriend and the sister. And the girlfriend feels very um, like her partner should be more loyal to her and kind of defending her, standing up for her, trying to mend this rift with her. And he tends to be protective of his sister. And I think... It's hard because it's like the sibling relationship has been there since the beginning of time. And so to just be like, now this new person is my priority, which they are. You're, this is the person you're choosing. This is your partner. That's kind of what that means is like they're my first priority in this world. But then it's also, is this an older brother or younger? Do you know? It is older brother. That I feel like that. Well, either way, if it's younger, you're going to be more protective probably. If it's older, there's this already dynamic of like, but... He's my older brother. I'm not going to tell him what to do. I'm not going to stand up to him. So I think that's really hard. Is she able to have conversations with her partner about it, about how she feels? She said that when they talked about it, it became a big fight because her 
partner got pretty defensive and was kind of like, I'm not going to pick you over my family, which isn't what she wants. She just wants him to take her side when the brother's really shitty. So is the brother directly shitty to her or she just doesn't like how the brother treats like his wife and talks about the world in general? I think it's the latter. It's kind of how he treats everyone. It's not specifically her. Okay. That's a tough one. If it was, he was specifically shitty to her, then yes, we would a thousand percent be like, partner, stand up to him. If it's kind of the way he is in the world, my advice is kind of, one, go to couples therapy, because I'm seeing this couple that I'm talking about in couples therapy, where we're kind of sorting through what is behind the conflict. Like, what is this really about? Probably a loyalty aspect, uh, like choose me kind of thing, which is totally understandable, but that's a lot deeper than just like do this. Um, but I would also say like for now she needs to limit her time as much as possible. So she needs to set a boundary. And if they're seeing these people once a month, she has the right to be like, I think you guys should have a sibling or like a family hang every other month. I'll go every other month or like whatever she can handle or like I'll come for the day, but I'm not going to stay overnight or I'll come, but I want it to be okay to go to the room whenever I need it, which me and Matt kind of have that agreement of just like, cause other people's families are hard and I think my mom's amazing. And so does he, but he can sometimes just be like, this is a lot when we're with my whole family or like my mom is offering him food for the 47th time. And like with him, sometimes I need a break. So we've given each other permission. Like at any point, if you need a break, it's not your job to like nonstop hang out with my family. They're my family. So they're your family too now that we're married. But if you need a break, go take a break, go for a walk. Say you have work, say you have a work call, go upstairs and lie on the bed. Like it's okay. And we've kind of given each other that permission, even though I don't fully agree with the ways my mom annoys him. I think offering food is a beautiful gesture, but um, you know, if it annoys him from time to time and he needs a break, like I respect that he didn't grow up with I, what I grew up with and I didn't grow up with what he grew up with. So some things that drive me crazy, don't drive him crazy. So I think it's that too, of just like, if this is long-term, we have to figure out a way to manage it. We're never going to fix it. He's not going to fix his brother. It would bother me too if someone was saying political beliefs that I know me and my partner don't believe in and you're not standing up to them. But also sometimes with family, we have to be like, we just don't get into the politics thing because it's not going to go anywhere good. Like if we know that person can't have a productive conversation and our relationship is based on other things, fine. But then she needs to be like, what do I need to manage my mental health in this situation and he needs to be okay with it. And they need to be able to have a conversation where he can at least see why she needs that. If he's like, I don't understand. You need to hang out with my family all the time. Then we need to like examine this relationship in general. But if he can be like, cool, yes, it's my brother. I understand why it's upsetting for you at times. Or like you can squeeze my hand whenever you're upset. Like some sort of bond between them where he can be like, I understand why this is hard for you and here's how we can manage it together rather than we're going to change the brother because you're not. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think so, that's yeah, because I think it's families are tricky. And I think what's hard is that everyone has their own way of operating in a family. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds like his family is fairly like non-confrontational, mm-hmm. doesn't always like get into deep issues. And I think that can be frustrating if that's not how y'all operate. Right. But you're not going to change someone else's family and you kind of just have to figure out like what do I need 
to get through this. And like, I really think once a month is too much um, for everyone to hang out together in a trapped vacation house situation. Like that's just that, that's so much. Like, I really think she could be like, I'm going to take that weekend for myself. And hopefully he won't be like, it's really important that you're with my family every single time I am. Cause then she can be like, well, then you need to stand up to your brother more because I can't be around that. Or she can be like, fine, I'll come, but I'm going to spend most of the time in the room if he's being shitty. It's a hard one. It's really hard because when we partner with someone, we also kind of partner with their family, especially if they're doing forced monthly visits. Um, (laughs) But I think if it really becomes a problem, like a barrier to them moving forward, that's what couples therapy is for and kind of really understanding how to talk to each other about it and then finding like an imperfect middle ground. Well, and I think that's a really good point talking about it beforehand and then also figuring out those boundaries for yourself. Like what will feel okay? Like this weekend that's coming up, like how do I protect myself? Is it just coming for the day? Is it making sure we're staying in a hotel and not in the house with everyone? Like what is that? Yes. That's a great idea. That's also a great idea. It's like, do we have to stay in the house? Um, And it's also, I think when she approaches this conversation, it's got to come from a place of like, I'm not attacking you or your brother. I respect the bond that you have. I know how much you love him, but there are things he says and does that are really hard for me to be around. And I want to figure out how to support you being with the person you love, but me preserving my boundaries, my mental health, and not just spending the whole time feeling angry because that's not good for anybody. So it's got to come at it from like a problem solving together and not an attacking like, why don't you stand up to your brother? It's got to be like, I feel violated or whatever it is by what he says. How can we manage that together? Yeah. like and Eventually he may grow in time to speak to his brother about these things. Or if his brother's like, how come your girlfriend's never around? He might be like, well, to be honest... It's a little hard for her. Some of the things you say or whatever might get to that point. But for now, we have to manage what both people can do. I think that's great advice. Thank you. Okay. The next question we have is very long. Should I just read the whole thing and then maybe you can rephrase it and I can edit it if it's too long? Yeah, that sounds good. We kind of like a little bit slowly. Okay. I understand one's need to just gain general dating experience, aka going on lots of dates, even if they're not necessarily your type on paper slash the apps. However, that aside, at what point is one limiting their dating pool options versus not wanting to waste their time or another's time by choosing to swipe left on or continue to pursue someone with drastically different diet slash food preferences? For example, I am an omnivore who eats animal products on the daily, um, dairy, love cheese, lots of meat. I have nothing wrong or like, yeah, I don't have any issues with vegetarians or vegans. Um, However, for health reasons, I can never be vegan. And I guess my ultimate relationship goals would be to date someone long-term, move in together with the hopes of, you know, eventually getting married and having children together. 
I don't think dating slash living together with a vegetarian partner long-term would be an issue on my end as long as they're okay with me consuming meat, but I cook a lot at home by myself and I love exploring new restaurants and cuisine. Food is like a love language for me at times. I just don't see how long-term dating and potentially living with a vegan would work out. Am I being too picky and limiting my dating pool when I pass on vegans or is swiping left on them or not going on more than two dates a legitimate thing for me to pass on? And she keeps going with all same question with wanting kids. I tend to swipe left in profiles that say they don't want kids or have kids and don't want any more. Should I not be sweeping? Should I not be swiping left? I feel like at my age, I'm 37, people's decision to have or parent kids is pretty definitive. Great question. Twofold. I don't think it was too, too long. I will sum it up, which is basically like, I eat meat and cheese and I'm having a hard time deciding if I should be open to dating vegans because long-term, is that going to work out? Um, And the other one is the kids question. I really want to have kids. So is it okay to swipe left on people who definitely don't or who already have kids and don't want? These are two different, very different topics, in my opinion. They are not similar. So I get a lot of people who are like, these are my deal breakers. La, 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 la. And I always say like the only deal breakers for real or like only red flags for real are like maybe personality disorders if they're not being dealt with, maybe substance abuse if it's not being dealt with, um, like really dramatic things. And then also I would say religion if it's really, really, really important to you um, and kids or no kids and marriage or no marriage. Like those are the big ones for me and feel free to disagree. But I dietary preference and you as our wellness expert will probably have some good thoughts about this too. But to me, those things can all change and we should not go into a relationship expecting change. So we should be okay with what is already there. But those kind of external things like unless and when you go on a date with these vegans, they might be like, I am ideologically opposed to meat eating. and I think it's disgusting and I won't be around you if you eat meat. And that is fine. Then we can say, okay, thank you so much. This was a lovely date. Bye-bye. Um, hopefully they're putting that out there before you go on a date. So this person could ask when chatting with a vegan, hey, I just want to give you a heads up that I do eat meat. Is that okay? Are you okay with that? And if the person says yes, believe them. If not, they'll tell you. Chances are they're putting it on their profile if it's really not okay. Um, And I get the food is a love language thing. You can still go to nice restaurants if they're okay with you eating meat. You get the steak, they'll get the pasta, and like, congratulations, you know? Like, yes, love language might be shared. You also don't know how your palate will change when you are with a new person. So they may not be able to be vegetarian for health reasons, but they might end up cooking vegetarian at home and eating meat when they go out or being like, huh, vegan food is really delicious, which it is. Um, I'm actually more into it than I thought it would be. And I treat myself to a burger with my friends once a week. So I get my burger meat in, you know, like there's so many ways that couples grow and change and affect each other, but also stay individual and hold on to the things that are important to them. Like I threw out my earth balance last week (laughs) for our talk. Congrats. I did. Um, I did it for my partner. Um, and my little boy, I guess, although 
whatever. Um, but you know, that sort of thing is just very flexible and malleable over time, especially because like conversations are always changing. There's lab grown meat now. Maybe a vegan would be okay with that. You know, like maybe that would fulfill the dietary requirements. There's research coming out. We might all be drinking Soylent in 20 years. Like, let's not get out ahead of ourselves of like, how am I going to marry and live with this person if we eat different kinds of food? Like there's a million ways that you can teach each other, learn from each other, grow together. That's beautiful. And probably more interesting than like, hello, I eat X, Y, and Z. Oh, so do I. Like, isn't it more fun to kind of share and grow and learn from each other? So that one, I'm going to say, let the vegans through. Don't find more reasons to limit yourself. Um, the kids thing is a different story. And if someone says they don't want them and you know, you do swipe left and believe them. Do not try and change someone. Do not try and convince someone to have kids. Kids are hard enough if you wanted them your whole life. So that one, I'm going to say that's totally allowed as a deal breaker. Um, and a little note about what they said about not wanting to waste time. That's like my hot button that people like to push, which is, it is my belief that the only way to waste time when you're dating is to try not to waste time. The moment we're like, well, I'm not 25 anymore. I got to be efficient. And I can't waste time. You start wasting time. We should always be dating like we're 25. We should always be having fun. We should always be going out with the wrong people just to learn something and because we might be surprised. And again, this excludes things like those really major deal breakers. But other than that, you think you don't want someone who drives a motorcycle. You think you don't want someone who's a vegan. You think you don't want someone who's into sports. Surprise yourself. And also, it's okay for people to be different in a relationship and for them to be into different things. You need like two shared things that can be like food and sex or food and movies, whatever. And the rest can be your own thing or you can learn to like it together. So Get away from the wasting time idea. The only way to waste time is to try and be efficient about dating. Dating is a numbers game. Throw spaghetti at the wall. You can't be efficient. Just do it. What's your take? <laughs> I agree with you. Um, I think, yeah, the only tricky thing with vegans is if it's like an ethical issue. And, right. and I think maybe sometimes carnivores feel like they might be judged, mm. right? Like you don't want to feel like you're being judged every time you eat something. And so maybe that's part of it kind of projecting but I've noticed on apps, I feel like if it's like an ideological issue and they really want to keep like a vegan home, I think that's usually kind of like put in the profile because it's like, yeah, people need to be filtering people out if that's exactly that's the most important. Yeah. And I would encourage vegans out there if it's an ethical, ideological thing where like you absolutely can't stand the idea of someone else eating meat in front of you, put that on your profile. Put it out there. Be like, please swipe left if you eat meat or dairy or whatever. Like, if it's that big of a deal, make it known. Um, but other than that, I think, like, if you feel like you're being judged, ask one time, is this okay with you? If they say yes, believe them and get over it. I like that. Believe them and get over it. Believe well, them and get over it. Yes. I was listening to a podcast with Arthur Brooks, who's a happiness expert, and he talks about how with partners – People make the mistake, which you've obviously talked about, in thinking that they need to find someone who's identical to them when that's not actually very interesting. And you need someone who's complimentary to you. Yes, I love that. I love complimentary. And that, like, I really picture like a Venn diagram of like one or two things in the beginning that you can enjoy together. After that, there can be things that you do with your friends that you do on your own. 
And then things that you learn to like together. I never thought I would enjoy watching basketball. I don't as much as Matt would like me to, but like the occasional game here and there, and I know all their names. And I always do my famous pick and roll move when we start watching a game. Do you know what a pick and roll is? No, I have no idea. <laughs> I actually don't know. I just run around and say pick and roll. But um, because that's what they do. But anyways, I never, you know, like it's just. And I turned him on to trashy dating shows and like, who knew he would love that so much, but he really does. So if I'd put that in my profile, he probably would have been like, no, thanks, but here we are. So I think the idea that you have to start out liking the same stuff and being into the same stuff is completely false. And like you said, it's so much more interesting to be with someone a little different from you, which brings me to... The Mark. Mark update. Mark is, for those of you who didn't listen last week, go listen. But also, Mark is a dating client of mine that I set up on a mostly blind. Completely blind. Completely blind. He looked at your Instagram. Oh, okay. Yeah. Date with Alex. And they went on two dates because he was in town in New York. He doesn't live in New York. Um, and then what? So then after our last talk, I... We tech. I texted some more, and we set up a Facetime, Love which it. was fun. Um, and did I meant just the Facetime. I did. Good, good for you. I told you, Mark needs some like pushing and some direction. So don't be shy about just. Especially, I feel like when it's kind of like technically long distance, like we can't afford to stand on ceremony and be like, he should suggest the Facetime. It's like he doesn't know what you want. Just like do it and see if it's there. If it's there, it won't matter who suggested the Facetime, and if it's not there. It's not there. That's a good point. So, like, we had a good FaceTime, and then we were tech- – and on the FaceTime, I kind of asked him when he was planning to come back to New York, and he seemed kind of, like, stunned. And he was, like, looking at his calendar, and he's traveling some and talked about maybe some dates in October, or he's, like – or else, like, December, which is fairly far away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then we've been texting some, and he mentioned a couple dates he was looking at in October, and I – kind of made a joke that I was going to pencil him in for one that seemed like the best date. And I felt like he was a little taken aback. Like, he was like, whoa, like, you really like having visitors. And I was like, yeah. And I kind of made a joke about it. Um, But to be honest, I feel like I feel less invested because I don't really know when he's coming back. And I've been – I'm going on other dates with people who live here. And I'm just like – I just feel like he's going to roll up in in like a month or two and be like, I'm coming to New York. And I'm just going to be like, I don't – like. I might not be single anymore, Mark. I don't Ooh. like I don't him for like another call. I don't want to push him to come visit <laughs> your face. I really like what I just heard. Like that's a new Alex for me. And as we kind of talked about last time, like the point is not really like I'm setting you up with Mark because you're going to get married, but more like break the seal, know that there's good guys out there. He's a good guy, might not be your guy, but like, just getting out there some more, saying yes to an experience and like hearing you say, I'm going on other dates. I might be in a relationship. Like I haven't heard that from you in a while. And I don't know if it was the good date with Mark that did it, but I do think it helps to go out with people and be like, oh, not everyone is bad and not everyone is like just looking to sleep with me, but also sometimes people are to begin with and then they find out how amazing you are and then it grows from there. Um, But I just feel like this is a new attitude from you what do you think is contributing to it yeah I think that I've gone on some other dates that were good too so it's kind of like okay 
Yeah. It is nice to change my mindset and be like, there are other good options that are like available. But I think that like I had a really good second day with Mark. And so I think the communication's been a little so-so and I kind of hate to like just let that go. Like I did really like him in person, but I also don't want to be, I don't know, kind of like the aggressor. Like I don't want to be pushing this too much. And I'm just like, ultimately we don't really know each other. Like we went on a couple of dates. Right. Um, I hear you. With him specifically, like I've said, he needs a little bit of pushing. I'm always pushing him. But um, you could also with him be, and I actually feel like you can be this way with most people and people don't do it enough, kind of direct and just be like, hey, be like, hey, I had a really good time with you, meeting you. I loved meeting you. It's a little hard for me to know how much we should still be planning to see each other talk, not knowing when you're coming back. Do you have any idea about if you're seriously planning to come back or not? Time. Um, I had a really good time with you. I'm going to see if you want to do another FaceTime and then see how that FaceTime goes. Like it is a little bit slower because he's not here. The communication is a little bit harder. I wouldn't take it off the table. I also love that you're going on other dates and not like holding your breath. But I think in a situation like this where you have literally nothing to lose, it's less about like who's the aggressor and more about you just being like, hey, let's get some clarity. Do you want to talk some more? Do you want to get to know each other more? Are you actually going to come visit? I thought you were really fun. I had a great time with you, but I'm also not looking to just keep bothering you essentially. Yeah, that's a really good point because I think – it is maybe a little bit of an ego thing on my end. Or I'm like, when I've dated someone long distance before, it's because they really like pursued me and were like, when can I come see you? Like, I'm coming to see you. And I mean, he did tell me at one point, not regarding dating something else, that he doesn't get excited about things very often. I was like, well, I want someone who's excited about me. Yeah, he's a very intellectual guy. He's mm-hmm. very in his head and very slow moving. Okay. And this is like, I feel like we have a very specific advantage in that like I know him pretty well and I can tell you these things. And I know probably a lot of people will listen to this and be like, well, but what if you don't know what the person is like? And I'm like, then just assume they're like I'm saying and just assume the reason they're not following up is because they're in their head or they're slow and you can give them a little push. Like I'm all about, you know, not putting in more effort with them. But if it's something kind of low stakes where you're just trying to figure out what's going on and like it's long distance or it's just like he's kind of slow moving and I just kind of want to see like, should I still be waiting for this? You can say, you can ask, you can just be like, hey, what's up? Tell me the truth. And like, I think it would be refreshing and we could use some more of that honesty in dating in general of just like, hey, I haven't heard from you for a week. You did say you wanted to go out again. Is that still the case? Or should we say goodbye as friends and like wish each other luck? And I think a lot of guys, because especially guys and not to gender it too much, but guys um, appreciate direct communication and like don't understand the games, don't know what they're supposed to be doing. I think everyone appreciates direct communication, honestly, as long as it's done, you know, kindly. Um but I think asking that is is never a bad thing. And then you get your answer. You're not going to scare away your person by asking that or by asking for clarity or by asking for next steps. Like 
they're either going to be into it or they're not, but it's not going to be like, well, I was into you, but since you did that, no thanks. Like, no. Yeah. So I think you can just voice, you can be like, hey, should we schedule another FaceTime or are we feeling more of a friend thing and we'll just see each other when we see each other? Yeah, that's a great idea. And say, I had a really great time with you because it's always nice to throw in a compliment. Yeah. I'm just taking it. That's a good point. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I kind of want to hear about these other dates. Do you want to share? I mean, I feel like there's just kind of like nothing super juicy Mm -hmm. or exciting. I think in some ways, bad dates are way more interesting to talk about because you could like make fun of them and they're like funny stories. That's a good case for going on bad dates. (laughs) Not that I want to go on bad dates. I do not. I don't want to call that in. Um, I think it's just as important to talk about the good dates because otherwise we are just always reinforcing the story that dating is hard and bad and funny. And we're looking for on a date. What can I tell my friends when I get home? That was weird about this guy. So can I hear just like one good thing about each of these dates you're thinking of. I just want to hear. So, because also we want to create hope. We want to create exceptions. We don't just want to be like, let's talk about the bad thing. We want to talk about how this can be good and this can be fun and there are good people out there and you only find them if you're out there. You're right. Um, I've been on a couple dates with someone who's a creative and I think he just seems like kind of a fun, interesting, nice guy. It's like slightly surprising interests. Um, It seems kind of like Good at just like following up and making a plan. Just feels easy. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, can we get like from his behavior, what you like about him, something that people can do? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Something I like is that I feel like he's followed up after dates. And also if like we're texting – he might be like, hey, are you, like, free tonight or whatever night? And then be like, oh, I have to – like, I'm – if, like, I message back, he'd be like, I'm, like, you know, doing X, Y, Z. Like, can I get back to you soon? Kind of, like, not, like, playing any games. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh, like, I'm going to be in this work situation where I will not be able to text for several hours. He says that. That's a very, like, considerate. Yes. I love that. I love that. And that's something you can also model – we can all model – in your side of the texting is like, because I know you're someone that like turns off your phone a lot or something. I don't know. Half the time when I text you, it doesn't go through. And I'm like, she's like meditating. I don't know what's happening. No. And I, yes, I also try to tell guys and my friends that be like, my phone's going to be off from like 10 PM to 10 AM. And like, if I'm writing, it's going to be on airplane mode. Yeah. So that's a great thing. It's like, we can, if that's something we want, from someone we can model by doing it first. And this comes back a little to the directness of like, we don't have to wait for them to ask. We don't have to be like, you know, whatever, he'll figure it out. Or I'm not going to tell him why my phone's off. We can just be like, okay, like, just so you know, I turn my phone off from this time to this time. Or like, if they're like, oh, if they texted you several hours ago, you could be like, hey, I was I had my phone off, but here I am now. I think the more transparency and less game playing we can practice, the better. 100% agree. I think these text games are so lame. So lame. Yeah. So lame. Texting should be logistical. It's not a way to like emotionally get something from someone ever. 
good or bad. Agreed. Yeah. Tell us a highlight of, is there another one? Oh, no, that's it. That was the guy. Okay, great. But we love that. We love the communication, the follow-up, and the transparency. What do you think about accepting a same-day date? I'm fine with it if you're actually free. Don't cancel your plans. Right. Um, But especially, like, I'd say for the first date, well, I just, yeah, I don't think we need to play games. Like, if you're available and it sounds fun to you and it's not a huge leap, Go for it. Go have fun. Cool. Yeah, I love it. I love that they were thinking of you. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. I'm into it. How spontaneous. <laughs> yeah. Keep like, dating young. Keep ourselves young. Keep ourselves young. Date like you're 20. Say yes. Those are my rules. Um, TikTok dating? Should we do it? Is it too big of a topic? Should we pick one? Because that's obviously a very large topic, but like one. You were going to tell me some TikTok dating people because I refuse TikTok. Um, And I was going to say what I thought without ever seeing these people. But whatever, however you want to do it. What do you want to do? Yeah, let me just talk about one person because I I feel like she's kind of taking the world by storm. Wow. Okay. Like – I was surprised at lunch in my corking space. Someone mentioned her. Someone I follow on Instagram mentioned her. I was like, oh, she's like a thing. Um, on TikTok, her name is Oh You Pretty Things. And her whole shtick is that she's really into perfume and fragrance, but she recaps her dates and she'll like film during the dates, but she never shows their faces. Okay. Um, and she also – it seems like she tends to date a lot of finance guys, and when she's messaging them on Hinge, if they suggest drinks, she'll be like, no, um, you know, I take a lot of time to get ready. I prefer dinner. And then she likes them to give her restaurant options, and so she tends to go to kind of like ex- – <laughs> you're making an interesting face. And then they tend to go to kind of like expensive restaurants, and sometimes I feel like almost kind of like douchey expensive restaurants. Mm. Like, listen, if someone else is buying like – I'd love to go to Nobu, but like that's the vibe, you know? Yes. So is she like giving advice on how people can get men to buy them things? Or is she just like, this is what I do. I enjoy going on these super fancy dates and filming them. She's more like, this is what I do. Um, But, and I think then people ask her questions like what? Like no one ever like takes me out to fancy dinner. Like how does this work? Mm-hmm. And I think something else that's interesting is that she has a goes on a lot of dates. Um, but I appreciate her honesty and documenting them because she seems to get hung up on the guys who are so clearly unavailable when all these other guys want her. So I find that fascinating. So like when she goes on a date with someone who's unavailable, she talks about it. There's one guy who I suggest that everyone go watch her, but there's one guy, JJ, she was hung up on who told her he like wanted her to keep dating other people, even after they'd had several dates and clearly like didn't want to be in a relationship. But even though she had all these other dates, she was just like, but JJ and all her commenters were like, girl, no. Got it. So she's not totally aware that she's into these unavailable men. She kind of like half knows, but I think part of the fun is that her community is like trying to look out for her too. Oh, that's kind of nice. <laughs> but yeah, what do you think about kind of pushing to have dinner for the first date? Or I, I guess something I find interesting is that I think sometimes women find 
like they need someone to spend money on them to mm-hmm. show that they're interested or care. And I think I feel that way a little bit with effort. Like I'm kind of turned off if a guy is like coming at this bar like next to my house. I'm like, right. Oh. Yeah. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, which for me, it's much more about them showing that they'll do kind of what makes you comfortable. If you're someone that's like, I'm only happy if I'm having a seven course meal at Nobu, then go for it. But I don't think that we all need to feel like, well, I deserve this really expensive, fancy thing. Cause I don't think that that shows effort necessarily. If you're a rich guy, that's a Tuesday. Like that's not hard for you. So that's actually not effort. It would be more effort for that guy to like go roller skating with you if that's what you like. So I think it's about, I fully agree that, and I try to hammer this home and we're being so gendered here and I just want to acknowledge that, but that's like largely what I deal with. Um, But probably can be true for everyone that like, there are people who put in the ton of effort. They're spending money on their eyebrows, their wax, their makeup, their eyelashes, their hair, their outfit, da, da, da. And then they get mad that the guy shows up in like a crumpled t-shirt. Um, and that I get, I totally get that. Um, but I think again, it's much more about what you're comfortable with, what you want to do. So if you're not, I, I personally never wanted to go on long dinner dates for a first date with someone. What if you don't like them and then you're trapped? Yeah, I guess your food's good, but like, I'd rather go with a friend. So I would always want to go to like my favorite, most comfortable bar where the French fries are good and the drinks are yummy. And like, hang out where I already enjoy being. If you like going for a walk, like I said, get a coffee, go for a walk, get a smoothie, go for an ice cream, go roller skating, like go to your favorite diner and get a piece of pie and ask them to meet you where you are. So whatever that means for you, I think dinner sounds exhausting. If you don't already know you're into the person also, so does getting that dressed up. Um, (laughs) But this is largely why I do think the man should pay is because I do think women spend so much more money, time, safety on themselves than men have to. I do think that men should go to the woman. So wherever the woman lives and wants to go is where the man goes. We don't meet in the middle. We don't go to the man's neighborhood. We don't do whatever's least effort for them. Um, that's also a safety thing for me and a comfortability thing for me. Um, and I think, and I want to find a different way to say woman and man. I really don't like that I'm doing it. But I think it, it's about, there's generally like a pursuer and a pursued. I'll say that. And I think the pursued generally, generally gets to set what they're comfortable doing. And the pursuer is to go to that. And then of course it becomes more fluid and compromising over time. But for the first date, whoever is kind of the one that's like, I have to be comfortable. I'm putting in the more effort here. The other one has to meet them there. So again, like if this girl, that's what she likes to do and it's kind of voyeuristic and fun, cool. I don't know also how much she's helping herself with that because the guys that are going to have the means and the desire to do that are a very specific kind of guy. And if that's what you've been doing over and over and over again to no avail, you might want to try something else. Like if it's really important to you to be with a guy who has money, that's fine. But maybe meet him at a dive bar and see how he does, you know, see if he's comfortable with that. See if he can meet you where you are 
instead of like this kind of ideal about what it should be, but then you're only meeting this one type of guy that it's really not showing that much about them. It's just getting you like a nice boring meal over and over again. I agree. I think that's a great point. And also it's like, what, that's not going to be your whole relationship, right? You just go right. to dinners every night. I mean, I guess me, but I mean, that seems like yeah. that would get tiring. Like it seems like it would get tiring. I think dinner should be like the third or fourth date when yeah. you know, you like this person, you want to spend that much time with them. Like first you should do like an hour or two drinks or coffee. Then you should do like an activity that gets you out in the world, gets your blood pumping. Like, change it up. It doesn't sound that fun to me to just get super, super dressed up all over again and like go out with one guy after another. I'm curious about this unavailable guy thing that she's into, but I guess when you're getting kind of what you want, quote, over and over again, you got to find something that's unachievable for you to be wanting, right? Right. So, but I think there's just different bars to measure people by. And I think effort is not measured in money. I agree. So, you know, decide what your priorities are and what you're comfortable doing and make that known. And what's most important is when you say what you're comfortable doing, what your boundaries are, what your priorities are, does the person listen, whatever they are. And good for her for saying, hey, I get really dressed up and take a lot of time. And so I think you should take me to dinner. That's actually a wonderful example of the kind of transparency I'm talking about. I just don't know that everyone needs to feel that's what they need to be doing as a way of their date proving themselves. Like, I don't really think it proves anything. Right. And the kind of guy who wants to throw around his money at those restaurants might right. not be your best fit. Right. Like, if she's still single in a year or so and she doesn't want to be, maybe she should call me. Yeah. Why Wait. do you think that people are – why is she taking the world by storm? Why do you think people are so into this? I'm sure there are others, but she's the first person I've seen on TikTok who actually, like, takes videos on every date. Mm. And even though she doesn't show their faces – I mean, it's interesting to me also – I think I would worry that good men would be immediately turned off and yeah. not want you recapping your dates on TikTok and showing, like, your watch or, like, hand or something where it's like, this is him and this is the fancy restaurant he took me to. Yeah. Do they know they're being filmed? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that, and I also, and like, I think it's a certain type of guy who's going to be into that. And then I also think she's kind of doing herself a disservice in a way. Like I totally get the need to make content and make money, but I hope she goes on some dates where she doesn't do that because that kind of feeds into exactly what I was talking about in terms of like the self storytelling of like, if we're always kind of one foot out, looking at it from the outside, thinking, what can I tell my friends? What can I show my viewers? Are we really being present with the person and the date? Or are we already looking at it as kind of this like not real past thing that we're kind of storifying instead of being in it and seeing how I feel about this person? How do they make me feel when I'm with them rather than how do they objectively look to my objective set of standards and my audience? That's a great point. And I didn't think of this, but it is probably a good way for all of us and for her to protect herself and not be vulnerable. Being like, it's content. Absolutely. Yes. And I think use that if it helps you lower your barrier to going on dates. Like if you just have to be like, okay, if it's a bad date, it's a funny story. I'm going to go anyway. It's worth it. Fine. But then don't start to make that kind of what you're already always looking for. Like you have to give it a chance to actually just be there without thinking about it 
from the outside and from this way of like, what can I tell people about this? What's the funny thing here? Like instead be a person and be with this person. I would love if she actually, if this isn't her at all, it's just like a TikTok persona. And then she's just like going to TGI Fridays with her boyfriend. I would love that for her. I would love that. I hope that's true. Well, everyone check out Oh You Pretty Things and let me know what you think. Let us know what you think. (laughs) Give us your thoughts. Um, Do you want to do a quick wellness moment? Actually, I would like to talk about one supplement. Please. Um, It's called colostrum. Have you heard of it? Wait, like the stuff that comes out of your boobs before you have a baby? Yes. What? (laughs) Right, what? So, um... I actually didn't fully know it came from humans too. So it's become a bit of a trend to consume it from cows. My mouth is a dropped. Because it's I'm reading about this. It's extremely nutrient dense, high in antibodies and antioxidants to build a baby's immune system. And so I will say I started taking it. I mean, they clearly have a great influencer game, but I'm taking Armra Colostrum, not sponsored, but if they'd like to sponsor me, that would be great. Um, but their whole thing is that it's good for your gut and like healing it. And also it's supposed to be really good for your immune system because of the antibodies. And they have clinical tests saying, and I wish I could find them now, saying that it's actually better for your immune system or like stronger against the flu than the flu vaccine. Um, you look very skeptical. I feel great about that. But I will say I took it for a little bit. And it's kind of, it's a powder that you can't really taste. It's from cows, not from human breast milk. Um, it tastes a tiny bit milky, but not bad. Um, from So I took it for a little bit. I was like, oh, it maybe helped my gut a little bit. And then I kind of ran out. It was expensive. I take a lot of supplements. And I really noticed a difference. So I took it again. You so know, it's like a, a stomach difference. Yeah. Like my stomach feels better taking it. It's also, of course, supposed to help with a million things like your hair and your sleep. I cannot vouch for that. Um, but if you try it, I do like it and I do not like their flavored version, which is randomly more expensive. So don't mess with the flavors. Just get the normal one. But I think it's good. And I think that as it turns into fall and at least on the East Coast, the weather has been like going up and down like crazy. It's important to focus on our immune systems. And I will say, <laughs> your face is hilarious. One other thing I thought about is that I think it's become very trendy online, all these bloating supplements to help you with bloating. Wow. And some of them I think are good. I think Array is pretty good. It's A-R-R-A-E. Hum Nutrition has a good one. But ultimately, those are Band-Aids, right? Like you don't want to be getting bloated from eating, period. So something like this, it's supposed to be healing your microbiome is preferable. So does that mean that you take it for a limited time and then your microbiome is healed or that you always have to be taking it to heal? Great question. I don't know. I mean, I don't think I'm going to take this for like 50 years. This is fascinating. Um, (laughs) I want to go on record and say that we are vaccine positive on the show and you should still (laughs) get the flu vaccine, everyone. I'm not saying it's an either or thing. We're just like, okay, yes, yes. Okay. Just had to put put that out there. But I support whatever makes you feel good. And to Alex's point, you don't want to be canceling dates because you're not feeling good or because of your tummy tum. So if this is something you struggle with where you're like, I get sick all the time in the winter and it really messes with my dating life or my relationship or I can't eat french fries on my dates, 
then maybe this is an option for you. Colostrum. Who knew? I squeezed that shit out of my boobs in the hospital. <laughs> I could have sold it. Who knew? Liquid gold. I feel um, like probably the human version is even better for you, honestly. Did you save your placenta and make pills? No. If I have a baby, I definitely will. <laughs> I really read a lot of stuff that says it doesn't do anything, but you do what makes you feel good. And as a reminder, I'm not a doctor. Dahlia is a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I am a therapist. Alex is a hippie shit nerd who does a lot of research and whatever helps you. If this is helpful and you like it, colostrum, I've never heard of this before. Obviously, I'm not as on the the trends in this arena as you are. So I'm all for helping your tummy and helping your immune system and getting vaccines. Yay. Whatever, whatever that means to you. Colostrum. Mm -hmm. Sponsored by Alex Jossman today. Exactly. For your dating health. <laughs> Maybe we'll develop a supplement <gasps> called Make Out a Lot. And um, I don't know what it does yet, but it's really good for making out. Did you ever – I think there was a vegan restaurant in LA called Makeout. No way. But it's it closed. So we can make a supplement. We should make a supplement. Um, and that's your biweekly reminder to make out a lot. Yes. Which is really the goal of this podcast. More makeouts. Um, thank you for that. Next time we'll come back to turmeric. Yeah. Maybe some more TikTokers. Send us your questions. Send us your thoughts and your feedback and what you want to hear about. And if you want to be a guest on the show, anonymous or not, couple or not, polycule or not, we're open to all of it. And um, subscribe to Alex's newsletter, Hippie Shit, H-I-P-P-I-E, Shit, and uh, Podcast at gmail.com for emails and notyourtherapistpodcast on Instagram. And we also have to talk about my chocolate consumption at some point because sometimes I worry about myself, but maybe I'll just start taking colostrum and I'll be fine. Um, <laughs> anything else? No, I think we did it. I think we did it. This was so fun. Um, have a great other date with new guy. Thank Another you. date. Keep going. Have you made out yet? Yes. Wonderful. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. And, uh, you know, reach out to Mark. Be direct. Say what you want. Get what you need. Yes, ma'am. That's my lesson. Thank Great. you, Dahlia, for your Thank wisdom. you, Alex, for everything. You're wonderful. You're wonderful. Okay. We'll see soon. you guys in two weeks. Yes. Oh, yeah, two weeks. We do this every two weeks now. Okay. Bye. Bye.